There we go. Oh, there every we go. time, mate. Every time. We're so good at this. Well, it was just I was busy uh, pausing my Spotify like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what I meant to do. That's not what I meant to do. So welcome to episode 71. 72. 72. 70 something. There's definitely, it's definitely an episode of like something of the podcast that we do. And I'm not, and I'm not <laughs> sure which one. And I'm, um, I guess as always, we are not as always, but you know, as usual recently, we are recording this live on Twitch. We um, are. For our visual, not listeners, I won't say listeners then. Visual listeners, when I've been listening to podcasts, I've noticed they use the term visual listeners. Okay, visual listeners. um, I'm in a slightly different location because I had a mare with my PC. And audio listeners, the audio may be a bit different because I'm no longer recording in my office, which is soundproof to a degree. Mm -hmm. I am um, recording in my front room, which is obviously um, just a living area, not Mm -hmm. designed for recording in it, or it's not been... Um, properly soundproof, so maybe a little bit echoey. But hopefully, Lucas can like sort that out in the edit. I'll I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Like known audio engineer over here, Lucas. Yeah. Hey man, you live and learn. You live and learn. But fucking hell, yeah, I've had a mare today, so um, <laughs> I guess we can get right into that. Cause I'm like, I'm on my girlfriend's PC. <laughs> oh no. The thing is, it's not even her PC. It's my PC from the office. But we can't go to the office because of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. So I brought my PC home from the office and put it in the front room. My girlfriend used it to edit on. And then I have my PC that's brand new that I bought at the start of lockdown last year. Mm -hmm. And just for some reason, it never works. Um, Every time I try and render something, I get a blue screen of death. And And like you've constantly had issues with it. Well, like, oh no, it just, it whoopsie-doopsied again. Uh, Give me a few minutes, all that mail, Gato's kicking off or whatever it is but mm-hmm. yeah you just said today it's just been like not doing anything yeah i looked at it and went today today i'm gonna fucking fix this <laughs> and i got one too many blue screens of death and i am not the most computer literate person admittedly mm-hmm. uh, but i do know how to follow instructions yeah, yeah and i'm not an aggressive person per se but i'll tell you something now something that absolutely fucking sent me and turns me into a raging asshole is when a computer tells me you need permission to do this from an administrator. It's like, bitch, I own you. <laughs> you don't tell me I don't have, I've not got administrative fucking um, uh, rights. Like, I, I own am this. the owner. I own this fucking shit. Yeah. And um, I went through a number of solutions. The first one was, oh, maybe it's dusty inside. Like, mm. This PC is newer than my old one. And my old one hasn't, like, isn't covered in dust, but whatever. So I pull it out and go, oh shit, there is a lot of dust in here. Mm. And I unscrew all the components, like, you know, the case. I take the case apart. I take the fan out. I clean everything inside. There's a lot of dust. I think maybe that'll fix it. I've, du- I've, I've dusted it out and I've cleaned everything out. And I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to move my entire desk around. Because normally it's pressed against the wall behind my my desk. Yeah. And I thought maybe that's why it's getting dusty. That's why it's overheating. Maybe it's overheating and that's why. Because it's against the wall behind the desk. So mm. now it's on my PC on the desk. And my PC is on the desk. Nice and open. Um, lots of space. Lots of air. Um, lots of room for like filtration. That sort of thing. Um, go and render that video. Blue screen of death. <sighs> Re- reset again. Okay, what's another solution that I can do? Okay, another solution you can do is update all your drivers. Which ones? These ones. Go have a look. These drivers are all up to date. Okay, then. What about my um, graphics card? Is the drivers up to date? Um, no, they weren't. Let's update those. Okay, that's done. Reset my computer again. Try and render that file. Blue screen of death. Okay, now, now I'm starting to get pissed off mm. because this has happened like three or four times already. Okay, okay, what's the next thing 
the next next thing I do. Uninstall and reinstall all of your software. Okay, I'll do all that. Oh God, I got Vegas last year for a different computer. Where's my serial number? Oh, no. Okay, so I've got to trade through my... Uh, that took me like 20, 30 minutes of dredging through emails to find the serial number that works. Okay, I've got it reinstalled. Um, it saves all my settings. Put it back up. Blue screen of death. But this time I get a different thing at the bottom. So I look at that. Um, just, you know, do the classic. You type it into Google. What's next? Mm-hmm. What does it advise me to do? Um, go open up command prompts and run as administrator. Oh, this going to be fun. Oh, and do this. I don't know what it is, but it says press these three buttons and it'll scan. And I don't know what it scans, but it says basically it goes through and it just fixes anything that can be fixed. I do that, and as of 20 minutes ago, it's still got five hours to go. <laughs> and I'm not sure what it's doing, but I think... It's um, scanning. It's scanning. It's scanning something, and it's scanning a lot. And I don't know what it is that it needs to do, because the computer that I have here is three years older than the one I use in my office, the new one. Mm. It has basically the exact same software. It's from the same company. It's just PC specialist. It's just, from what I can tell, the next step up in terms of the components inside. And every time I try and render something, I get a blue screen. Yeah, that's not good. Especially when, what, you're rendering multiple videos a week. Yes. Yeah. So that was just really frustrating for me. And um, I'm keenly aware that there are people out there probably cringing listening to this of like my lack of knowledge mm-hmm. or my inability to explain uh, for those people don't give me any advice <laughs> i don't care any advice you're going to give me is going to be a retelling of the advice i got from the forums when i was googling these issues or it's going to be completely unhelpful or something that i tried yeah because uh, when you, know you get stuff like that and you always get the most base level advice given to you and people presenting it as if it's like sage wisdom you should be like thanking them for well, did you try? Yeah. Have Before you tried you finish, like, something basic like updating your drivers? And you're like, yeah, yes, it's of the, course. It's the first thing that I tried doing. Yeah. When people are saying it like, I don't know if you've ever heard of these words, Carl, but there's these things called drivers. Yeah, right? I don't you know what they do. drivers out. Yeah, I don't know what they do, but I do know that you update them if you've got problems. <laughs> I've tried all that stuff. Uh, so oh, please Christ. don't send me messages or emails and say, have you tried this? The answer is yes, I have. That's why I'm currently sat here as my PC is in like hour five of like a full fucking system and uh, like deep level scanner where the fuck it's doing. Yeah, like the, the system diagnostics and it's like, oh God. I had that happen, like that's the only time I'm about to use it is when a long time ago, you're talking like 10 years ago now, okay. like my laptop that I had for university absolutely just died on me. Um, it wouldn't display anything properly. Mm-hmm. Um and just it, it had a rough time altogether. And basically, I had to like go into the BIOS and like do X, Y, Z. And then I ended up having to install like Linux through the BIOS settings and all that. And I took it to the um, like a repair shop eventually. Mm-hmm. And with it being a laptop, obviously, I didn't like open it up at all, concealed and um, in just one big block. And basically, like, I um ended up having a melted motherboard and the guy was I don't even know how you got something installed to be able to display anything on this. He's like, you've done a good job, but it's completely fucked. The motherboard is just melted. I was like, well, at least I gave it a good shot. I tried my fucking best. And I'm hoping that's not what's happened with mine because, like I said, the PCs are less than a year old. I would doubt it with it being um, like a tower because 
Obviously, uh, yeah. it's got a lot more room to breathe. And I've seen what that tower looks like. It's got a lot of fucking empty space in there. So I doubt, like, anything's melting and overheating. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's so much space in there that I just put in just a, a figurine of Vegeta just because it's got a glass case on the side. So it looks like a display case. And I guarantee you that at some point I'm going to get a message in regards to that photo of someone giving me shit for not having as good a PC as them. <laughs> Where's it's the RGB, Carl? It's go- it has got some on the front, but I deliberately said well, it's cheaper to get a case that doesn't have that on it. Yeah, well, I, I helped you build it, and I was like um, on the PC specialist website, like, oh, what options do you want for the case? Just make it black. Just don't put any of that shit on it. I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, it is. My, I use it for work. Yeah. And now it's got a Vegeta inside. But yeah, I, ch- <laughs> I checked everything and I, I can't see any issues in there. Like I opened up as much as I could and looked at things and there's no cables out. There's nothing that seems overly damaged or like that was out of place to what I would expect. Mm-hmm. And then I like, you know, carefully put all the screws back on and then just after I'd slowly cleaned it with um, a Q-tip and all that bollocks. Yeah. The canned air. The... I bought some of that in anticipation of my PC being really dusty. I opened it all up and was like, oh, everything's fine. I was like, yeah. okay. Well, this one here, I've got the one next to me, is like a pure, perfect black like, rectangle. Nothing gets in. The one mm. I've got has got lots of fans and like vents and stuff on the side. It gets dusty as fuck. Yeah. I mean, but... that might just be like the room it's in. Yeah, I think it might be the room because it's behind a desk. And like my house is quite dusty because I live near a road. Hmm. And if like it's one of those things, if we open our window to let some air in, you'll go into like the bedroom. You just go to the side, like ugh. Yeah, yeah. One of them. It's it's one of those things. If you just got to do what you can, haven't you? Really, you can. It's, it's super rough, and it's really it is, frustrating yeah. as well. Especially when, just like I said, the thing that comes up is whoopsie doopsie, something went wrong. It's like, well, tell me what went wrong. I was supposed to fucking fix it. That fucking blue screen that says whoopsie fucking doopsie. He's got like the fucking frowny face emoji. It pisses me off. Some chronic man. Well, um, I mean, I've been having a slightly more successful time with technology. Okay, you what happened with you? Well, not, not anything um, particularly, like, you know, crazy or anything. But we, over Christmas, got, like, a little Amazon Alexa, you know, one of, like, the small ones. Oh, yeah. Um, and basically, we've just been using it to play musical podcasts in the kitchen, like, mm-hmm. while we cook, or Cade's crate is in there. So when he's, you know, when we're working and we put him in there for, a, like, a couple of hours on his own... To get some alone time, we play podcasts. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, we've just been like, well, there's this, like, my dog's podcast thing, which has a few episodes, and it's, like, meant to, you know, relax your dog and stuff. But then I was like, well, he gets really antsy about not being able to, like, see or hear Jenna and I. So like, what if I off. just play this podcast to yeah. Cade so he can hear me? And he's getting been really views. settled. There we go. Getting us those views, mate. Getting us those views. And so it's just weird because I was like, Jenna... I like started playing the Carl's Corner podcast for Cade. She's like, "Yeah, I guess that makes sense." I was like, "He just hears my voice." Then I was like, "Well, yeah, just like using my podcast to like help my everyday life now. It's great." Yeah, it makes sense. There's also like there's the playthroughs on your channel with you and Jenna, and you can play those for him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's just it's obviously a lot easier to play Spotify through the Alexa thing mm-hmm. um, rather than like figuring out how to play YouTube for him. But yeah, it was just a nice moment of like. Oh, he's settled down because he can hear one of us. That's nice. Uh, my friend's got one of those things, and he set it up uh, with custom commands because he was bored. Like he broke oh, yeah. up with, he's broke up with his girlfriend, and he's in lockdown, so he's just going stir-crazy. So he's just like set up his Alexa to just do everything for him, and he can make it turn the cow on. 
Like he bought all the like because he's um, a, a dab and when it comes to electronics. I wish I could go see him because he'd probably have to fix my fucking computer. But he set yeah. up his um, Alexa basically his control stuff in his house. So he says, "Alexa, put the kettle on," <laughs> and the kettle turns on, and he'll say, like, "Alexa, party time," and then lights come on. Yeah, and it's like he's just got all these like custom commands like Alexa, sexy time, and the lights go down. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's the fucking way to do it, isn't it? Well, when we got one, Jenna was a bit like, oh yeah, like I, I kind of want one. Um, and it sounds like pretty useful. And then, you know, I set up like, this smart light in here, mm-hmm. which uh, in other podcasts I've like had on and you can, you know, put different colors on it and such. Like the moment I was like, yeah, so like the light is linked to the Alexa and I can like turn on the office light or turn it off by walking into the kitchen and telling Alexa to do that. Jenna's like, yeah, we need to get more and we need to just like commit. So that's the plan is slowly over time, just keep getting smart appliances. So you, the idea of having like a full smart house to me I'm like, I don't care about my privacy. I've already lost that. My phone listens to me. Whatever. Mate, you're on just, YouTube. Yeah, like, give me a fucking house that I can control via my voice. Yeah, you're, you're on YouTube. You have no privacy. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. so we, we're going to this because we're recording this visually. Like, mm-hmm. uh, people can watch, like, the video um, archives on my YouTube channel, your YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, prior to recording this, I had to specifically move around stuff in my house to try and limit the amount of stuff people are able to see. Yeah. Because yeah. there's all those horror stories out there of people getting tracked down from YouTube based on stuff like reflections in eyeballs. Yeah, and that's true. So I've made sure I turn my light on as bright as possible, and I've got one of the um, uh, the fact fiend lights over there, so yeah. that there's no you can't see out the window and see the skyline, which I've heard is a thing people can do. Yeah, yeah. and like it's just oh god, people need to get a life. Yeah, so Seriously. my privacy is already forfeit anyway, so. Yeah, and I'm I'm fully on board with just like, you know what? Amazon and Google know everything they need to ever know about me. If I'm honestly trying to stop them listening to like the one conversation I have that I don't have around my my phone, it's obviously my phone's always with me anyway. Like, yeah, yeah, it's just for the sake of convenience, I've basically already lost all my privacy. I might as well just commit to it. Yeah, like, mate, you put your life online as part of your job. You've got no chance. Yeah. You've got no fucking job. But I just like the way my mate's done it. It's just like, Alexa, put the kettle on. And this is the joke he made is, like, my missus never made me a cup of tea. Alexa's not let me down yet. But, you know, he just says, the joke he's made is, one day Alexa's going to, like, make it yourself, you lazy twat. And he's like, oh, no. Well, I kept saying please and thank you to Alexa. And Jenna's like, why are you thanking him? I'm like, well, I want to be polite. Like, Alexa's doing shit for us. We should be polite to Alexa. Like, got to remember your manners. It's one of those things, it's um, just a, uh, a barometer of how well someone was raised. And I saw this just amazing breakdown of this. And I'm probably going like, to butcher what, I'm gonna, what um, the actual quote was. But they were talking about people leaving a trolley in a supermarket. Mm. And they had this, there's this long, big diatribe they'd make about like, this is the ultimate test of someone's humanity. Um, because there is no reason to put the shopping trolley back beyond um social obligation mm-hmm. like um there's and it's one of those situations where there's it's very simple but there's no right or wrong like there's no um, argument about what's right or wrong it is the right thing to do is to take the trolley back right, however yeah. there is no obligation to do so beyond like you know the social one mm-hmm. so whilst it is the right thing to do to put the trolley back there is nothing forcing you to put the trolley back of so course. people so people who don't put the trolley back are just failures of morality <laughs> because they're the, they prove that um, the only thing that makes them do the right thing is the threat of punishment. 
And when that threat is removed, they will instinctively choose to do the wrong thing mm. because it's easier for them. Or, yeah. or something like that. It's just like, oh man, there's so many little things like that. Mm, that's like, true, saying, yeah. like saying please and thank you. Saying please and thank you, you don't really have to say please and thank you, but then have you ever met someone who doesn't? Oh yeah, it infuriates me. Yeah. You don't have to say it. No. It doesn't change your life if you don't say it, but it does make other people feel better. Just little things like when you go out your way to hold the door open for someone like, I can't do anymore because I'm not allowed outside. <laughs> but you know, in theory, in a world where I could still hold doors open for random strangers, when they walk through that door and don't acknowledge me at all, it's like, you fucking prick. It's like people I don't hate say, you now. It's like people who don't say thank you to taxi drivers and bus drivers. Yeah, like, depends on the taxi driver because some of them have been proper assholes to me. Oh man, I, I, I tell you a time I was in a taxi. And uh, just Joe, when you're making conversation with a taxi driver when you had a couple on the way to town, mm, yeah, and I just asked him, just so what's the um, like the, the weirdest person you picked up? And the taxi driver was just, well, one time I was driving a guy and he looked really, really nervous. Like, what do you mean he looked nervous? Well, he was fidgeting in his chair, so I thought he was on something, and he was rocking backwards and forwards. And he was mumbling under his breath, and he was sat in the passenger seat, not in the back. And I turned to him and asked him, so so what's up? And the guy um, pulled out a knife and said. I'm going to stab some motherfucker when I get to where I'm going or something to that effect. And then started talking about someone who'd give him a bunch of guff and how he was going to get there and then immediately stab them. And the taxi driver just talked to him for a couple of minutes, drove him to his location. He got out of the car, he called the police and he drove off and asked him, fucking hell, that was scary. Did you charge him? He went, yeah, of course I charged him. You charged a guy with a knife who's saying, I'm going to stab someone the moment I got. He's kind of, oh yeah, he didn't have a gun. (laughs) <laughs> it's just what a fucking ball of that taxi so like, I want my pay it's like we didn't yeah. have a gun did it like, you could stab me but what I, I, I wanted mean, to get paid Christ yeah like at the end of the day the guy clearly had a target he did yeah but that takes some balls doesn't it it does it does like if there's a guy sitting in my car just with a knife in hand, like, I'm going to stab a motherfucker. I wouldn't turn around and be like, yeah, that'll be a tenner, mate. Yeah, that'll be 8.50. I think as well, <laughs> they said the guy gave him a tip. Oh, fucking hell. Just, he said he, like, he was like seven quid, he gave him a tenner and just got straight out of the car and he just called the police and drove off. Yeah. And then I remember... Yeah, in any situation like that, you do not play like the hero at no, all. It's not worth You're it, 100% just let them get out, get to the destination, and then you do something about it, like call the cops. Yeah, unless someone's life is in immediate danger, like, don't step in. And yeah. it, that reminds me of another great, great taxi story I saw, because um, I used to work nights. Mm. So I used to walk home about, like, three or four in the morning. Yeah. So usually it's dead. The only thing you'll see is other people walking home after nights out. And I remember once, it was, this was incredible. Uh, I saw a taxi pull up near a shop, you know, where I used, near where I used to live. Mm. Um, and you always just see taxis pulling in, because it was near a bunch of houses and student flats. And it had a cash point outside. So you get students pulling up yeah. to go to that cash point to pay the taxi driver. And I saw um, a bunch of girls get out of this cab and then just leg it. But this was a bunch of drunk girls at four o'clock in the morning. And they ran in high heels and they got like eight foot. And the taxi driver just went, wow, pulled up <laughs> and went, what are you doing? And the girls just went, leg it and ran again. And then one of them, I saw their heel snap and they fell over and hurt themselves. Mm. And I just, I saw it. Like the taxi driver, like we, we locked eyes and he looked <laughs> at me and he just went and nodded really slowly. And the girls were like, you need to drive to the hospital and he just drove off. <laughs> it's like, call a cab. 
And he just drove off. And that girl's like, obviously she wasn't that badly hurt. She's just drunk. So she's screaming and making a big thing out yeah. of it. It's like, she's clearly not broke a leg or anything. She fell like four foot. Yeah, I'm gr- sure like if she'd like cut her artery open and there was blood everywhere, no. he wouldn't have just looked at you and drove away. No, it was like, she's in high heels and she's like done that drunken follow where it's like, oh, yeah. but then obviously it's the biggest <laughs> thing. Well, she's screaming and the guy just drove off. And I just and I thought I've got absolutely no time for this. I'm just going to walk. I'm going home. I'm yeah. not dealing with this. God, I do remember one time when it was like I got in a cab and I called them up, and you know I very rarely have any cash on me at this point mm-hmm. in life. And I just called them up and was like, "Look, uh, can, I need a cab to go back home or whatever. I need one with contactless payment. Don't have cash. Yeah, that's fine. We'll send one of those out. Get in halfway there." Oh, so you do have cash on you, mate, don't you? It's like, what? No, I asked for one that I can pay with card. They told me that someone... Well, I don't have a card machine. It's not working. All right, then. Well, if you let me get to a cash point, I guess I'll go get some cash out. Well, no, no, I can't let you out the car. You'll just run away. (laughs) I was just sat in the car like... Then we're at an impasse. Like, what What are you expecting me to do? There's one of two options here. Either I get out and get money, or I have no money to pay you. Yeah, eventually I talked him through the situation of, I have literally zero cash. And if you have a car, like, no card payment method, it's like, we have nowhere to go. This, this is not going to work. I need to get out the car. You need to watch me get cash out, and I will pay you the cash. And eventually, he like it took a good five minutes of the drive to convince him this was the only way it was going to go down. I was just like, what did you expect to happen? I've got no cash. All right, well, where's your cash, mate? I ain't got any. And he like, literally stopped right outside the cash point, was eyeing me up the entire time. And I was just, you know, casual about it. Like, of course, I'm going to pay the guy. Yeah, but he was on edge so fucking hard, and you must you must know like from his side of the story that there's plenty of people that must have done runners on him. But at the same time, you know he's only doing that because he don't want to declare that on his income. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like exactly you, like the only time a taxi driver says that I can only accept cash is because you don't want it a paper trail. Mm-hmm. But I just found that really funny. Uh, just like the taxi driver looks at me and just drove <laughs> off. I just like, oh, it's like, oh no, we need to go to the hospital. It's like, oh, you know, you know that taxi driver said a one line as he went off. <laughs> I didn't hear it, but in my head he went, call a cab and just doo, left. Just gone. Also, I want to give a shout out to the guy in my chat who said he could have pocket called the police. Like, I tell you what, when you've got someone swinging a knife around in front of you, you pull out your phone and visibly dial the police next to them and tell me how it goes. And also, like, how I always they love to know what's going on if they pocket dial it. Do you know what I love about this? It's always, uh, it's like when you say, oh, tell a story about getting mugged. And someone's, well, why didn't you just punch him? Because I was too busy being surprised I was being mugged. Yeah. Because I've been mugged twice, and each time I've told that story, someone's going, well, that wouldn't have happened to me. I had a fucking lamp in one. It's like, okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, well, I, I got attempted mugged once, and I, without thinking, like the moment he stopped me and was like, give me a, I started running. And then, after the fact, I thought, why the fuck did I run? Like, the best thing to do in that situation is just give them what they want. Like, your cars can be cancelled, whatever. Like, you can call the cops. Just when a guy comes out with, like, a fucking knife or some shit, do not attempt to hit them or run away. Just give them what they fucking want. But then you'll get someone go, oh, I would. And it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. 
when's the last time you got mugged? Because it's the thing of most of the time, it's just a surprise. Yeah. Because there's a story told by a friend of mine when he was just walking down the street and someone snatched a phone out of his hand and legged it. And he said, like, I stood there for about 10 seconds before I realized what happened. Mm. Because you just don't expect your phone to fly out of your hand. You see it all the time, don't you? Of like people just like fly by muggins and drive by muggins and stuff of just literally running past someone, grabbing something and running. And the like most of the time, most people will just be like, shit, okay, uh, what's going on? What happened? And it's, yeah, by, by the time it takes you've a few seconds to process it, yeah. And by that point, that person's already like 30, 40 yards away. Yeah. And there's like, and it's lost in the confusion. But again, when he told that, so I was like, oh, I'd fucking run him down and kicked the shit out of him. It's like, how would you have done that? Are you telling me <laughs> you're like constantly on edge? And we're able to just like immediately know when someone and just track him down. You've got like that GTA minimap shit going on in your head. God. Also, I... can you send a text to the police? You can send a text to the police, but again, you try pulling your phone out when there's a fucking knife being waved around. This is what I don't get. You bring well, on Bear in all... mind, like, not only that, but most taxi drivers have their phone in front of them as like some sort of sat-nav. Yeah, basically. So it's not even like he's pocket dialing. He would be dialing the police or texting them the police like this right in front of the guy. And this oh is my God. why like hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like there's probably is a dozen things you could do in that situation. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it's just most people just like just freeze up and props to that guy for not doing that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I do love though the and the weekend warriors who like <laughs> insist oh, that never happened to me. Yeah, and it's like Joe when you tell us about getting burgled and stuff. Oh yeah, and like oh man, if I got burgled, I'd fucking land the shit. So you wouldn't because chances are, statistically, you wouldn't be in your house. Mm-hmm. You'd be away. Like people don't burgle houses when there's like four lights on and they go, oh shit. Okay, well I'll go, I'll go to that place. Is that like, that's one advantage to um. The fact that Jenna and I are on such opposite schedules. Uh, Jenna right. and I is working by like eight o'clock in the morning. I'm going to bed at like five o'clock. So you there's only about an hour or two that burglars even have a chance to come in when one of us isn't awake. And then you got your guard dog, Cade. He'll sort them out. <laughs> he fucking won't. Cade will sort them out. Some like fierce mate, and you know it. Oh god, he's he, gonna... he was dead edgy today though. I I was like it upstairs uh, by like the front of my house. Okay. And heard girls walking past the house on the street having a normal conversation. And, and then Kay's Kay like, no. downstairs is like barking his head off. It's like, there's two fucking girls walking past Kay. Like, calm the fuck down. They could be intruders. They could be. They could be assassins, Lucas, and you don't know it. It's like they're not even within the boundaries of the house. They're like on the street. They could be assassins. <laughs> like, you don't know what Kay's hearing picked up. That's that clip. That click clack of their heels hitting the pavement, that could be a knife. <laughs> They'd be coming in. And uh, in that vein, um, what have you ever encountered someone who keeps something in, in their house to protect themselves from burglars? I mean, I do, technically. But what I mean, have you ever seen someone who, like, who takes it really seriously? Like, uh, I knew no, a guy, no. he kept a claw hammer underneath his pillow. Fucking hell. Yeah, he kept a claw hammer underneath his pillow because he was like super, super paranoid that someone was mm. going to break into his house. God. And what we yeah, I've always, not met anyone like that. But what we'd do is we'd always go into his room on like nights out and stuff and take the claw hammer and just replace it with like a loaf of bread or something. Do you know those French sticks? <laughs> yeah. And he'd just come out like, where's my hammer? It's like, mate, we're not trusting you drunk because one is going to go up and go up for a piss. 
Because mm. that's what happened. Like someone, like we all got back to his house drunk once, mm. and someone went for a piss at like three in the morning, and he kicked the door down with his hammer. And they were like, "What the fuck are you doing? I'm here." Because he forgot that they were in the house. Jesus fucking Christ. So it got to the point where every time like we had a night out, we would just take his hammer and yeah. replace it with something else as a joke. God. Yeah, like I mean, people might be able to see on stream like I have oh this way, like a little sword there. But it's like or just a, a wooden training sword, and I'm like, oh well, if I um if I did need to hit someone with something, that would be the thing in my house. But like it's not as if I'm sitting there with it like next to my bed, like waiting for someone to come in the house and twitching about, but yeah. Well, that's when you get that legendary video where it's like one of those home defense things that try to sell people, and it is a headboard that has a hidden compartment for a shotgun. And what you do is you lean up and you press it, and then you grab a shotgun from behind your head and you pull it up. And you can... So the idea is if someone breaks into your house, you put your hands up, press the headboard, get a shotgun out, and then point it at the burglar and shoot them. And I just remember Frankie Boyle doing a bit on it. He goes, do you know what, though? I don't think there's anything that sums up America more than for safety, keep a loaded shotgun next to your head when you're asleep. <laughs> it's like, can you imagine anything more dangerous? Yeah. Well, I love as well as a guy in chat who's like, I've got a gun, so I'm not worried about someone bringing a knife to a gunfight. Like, I'm worried that you exist because you are actively planning to murder someone and seemingly getting hard at the thought of someone challenging your masculinity. <laughs> Also, let's just point out that um, like obviously it's just um, a practice thing, but Mythbusters did that myth oh, of like the, the, the gun drill. in an eye fight, and up until like the thirty foot mark, you don't have a chance. You've got no chance with a gun. Like the, the knife just fucking wins. The Tula drill was a legendary Red Letter Media bit where they're watching uh, a video called uh, Practical Knife Defense or something like that, and they show the Tula drill. And they basically they get a guy and they pay him. Mm. Like, okay, just fucking go ham. Go yeah. at, and they show like a police officer when like, you know, full holster and everything like that with his hand on his fucking gun. Mm. And like you get to the point where it's like you've got like a tennis court of distance and the guy's still stabbing you before you have a chance to even get the fucking gun out. And it's like then you have people like there's a guy in chat saying, Oh, I would fucking shoot someone. You won't have a chance. The moment they the saw is, the gun, you'd be gone. Like, not only are you, you know, having that time? It's also, you know, the panic and the adrenaline of a guy, like, probably bum-rushing you, like, screaming with a knife, like, ah! Well, that's what I mean, that, um, it's, I'd recommend people go look down that, uh, I think it's Surviving Edge Weapons, that's it. The Red right. Letter Media bit on it, because, um, one, it's really funny, and two, just some of the bits that are in it, like, um, it's, it was used to actually teach the police, this is what you do if you encounter a person with a gun. Oh, sorry, right, uh, yeah. you encounter someone with a knife. And like they have a bit of like a, a guy just whips out a machete and sprints at a police officer. It's like, oh, what should you do in this situation? It's like, get in your police car and drive away. <laughs> because he's got a fucking machete and you're not yeah. going to... Just drive away. <laughs> just drive away. And people seem to like have a weird belief that, yeah, a gun is the be-all and end-all, but a gun is a ranged weapon at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, if you are close quarters... The, the gun might not win. And there's this guy who says that he was in the army, but the Tula drill was invented in the army. Mm. I presume it was. He was either SWAT or army that does it, but like it's named after a guy, something Tula, where he basically said, um, I think it's anything up to 30 feet, a knife will win. Mm. 
And uh, that's oddly enough in Call of Duty. If anyone ever played Modern Warfare 2 and wondered why, Commando Pro basically just let you fly forward with a knife. Um, In-game, the distance that your character lunges um, is the exact distance of the Tula drill. Oh, so do you know okay. all those times you're playing Call of Duty and you've got a fucking shotgun mm-hmm. and a guy with a knife just flies across the screen and knifes you before you have a chance to pull, pull the trigger? Yeah. And you say, that's bullshit, that would never happen in real life. It fucking would, because that's the distance of the Tula drill. So in, think about it, in real life, it'd just be like when you're playing COD and you look and you just see the guy just go, whoa, with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> and let's bear in mind as well, you're more than likely in most situations not already walking around with your gun in your hands and finger on the trigger. We are talking about America here, Lucas, so they might be. They yeah, might yeah, that's be true. But I mean, hard. like, you know, if if someone surprises you by burgling you in the middle of the night, like you may not already have a gun out ready to fire. It's America. Lucas, I just told you about an actual device yeah. that keeps a loaded shotgun in your headboard. Jesus fucking Christ. And the best comment I saw in regards to that is, I just fill it with Pringles. <laughs> I'd fill it with Pringles like you know when you finish having sex with a girl and just go bam Pringles come out emergency Pringles but not even like in the tube just, just like detube them <laughs> just <laughs> just cover your bed in Pringles like yeah girl you love it oh, oh man that'd be incredible that'd be such I, a good thing to be able to do I've just got an image in my head of the um, the like footboards with TVs in them but oh, instead, yeah, like, legs. they lift up and it's just like a snack cupboard comes out. Like, just so that would be incredible. Yeah. Because I've got, like, uh, the mini fridge from the office in my house and I was debating, oh, should I put this next to my work PC so I can just go, like, oh, I want a beer? And then I thought, yeah. no, because then if it defrosts or breaks, it's going to fucking defrost onto my PC. <laughs> yeah. At least now it's in my kitchen. It'll do that onto, like, you know, a place that already gets wet because it's my fucking mm-hmm. sideboard. Um, where I wash shit. But I thought yeah. that'd be cool right up until we have a power cut and then it all defrosts and my PC gets blown up. <laughs> be worth it, Carl. It'd be worth it for that cool thing, but yeah. It would. <laughs> that uh, just that video, just like all the stuff of the children, like you say when Mythbusters do it. Mm. And they just tell us it Adam Savage or whatever, like, oh, I'm just gonna run at you as fast as I can with a knife and it's fucking terrifying. It's <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. so what would you do? So scary. Yeah. It it genuinely would be terrifying. As much as you think, I, like, that I am the most, you know, calm person under pressure in the world, when there's a fully grown man with a giant knife screaming and running at you, you're going to get a bit intimidated. It's always, um, like I said, it's just, it's really fun to um, see just discussions of that. And then, like, you know, the Weekend Warriors, the... Um, the, the self-professed badass has come in and yeah. that reminds me a little bit of a, a legendary tweet. It's already legendary. It's only been out for a couple of days going around and it was just this uh, lady on Twitter just put out, hey girls, if you want a, um, it's, it's a while away an hour, just ask mm. a guy you're chatting to on Tinder what animal he could take in a fight. <laughs> and you think like no guys and, and the responses are just girls sharing screenshots of guys who are having Tinder conversations with like, yeah, I could take out a gorilla. <laughs> And my favourite one is a guy who said he could take out a horse. Fucking hell. A horse. And for people who like have never been near like Lucas, when's the last time you like, you know, in town and saw a horse? What was your thoughts when like you saw like a ten foot bobby on a police horse? Yeah, it's scary as fuck. The idea that 
like the horse itself just its body is basically as tall as i am its hoof is the size of my head and it's got the power to just like shatter my skull in one kick yeah and it weighs like half a ton yeah and its skull is like a quarter inch thick it's basically bulletproof and it can run (laughs) at 30 miles an hour and then you have guys i could take one out see when you said like what animal could you take i thought might be able to like have a little dabble at a goose the thing is, though, how many videos do you see of, like, geese fucking people up because they just get surprised by just, like, the the, the war? But that's why I said I might have a chance. I, I don't even think it would be a decisive victory. I think I might lose an eye in this fight. It's like, keep in mind, one of the most famous statistics about um, swans is that they can break a man's arm, which isn't true. They can break both a man's arms. <laughs> the thing is, though, with swans, like, you know, swans always pair up, so you've got to fight two swans. You have to fight two swans, yes. Yeah, you do. Because they mate yeah. for life. Like, they ain't they ain't letting their um, their other half just get killed by some random chucklefoot with a gun. And they're pure muscle, but it's... Um, I recommend people go track down that tweet and read through the reply. They want to see just how <laughs> just ridiculously just full of themselves men can be. Mm-hmm. Of, like, I could take out a wild animal that is basically a living bicep bred on instinct to survive anything like thrown at it versus me man but then you get to it where it's like oh you you know you come up with stupid ones where it's like oh how many toddlers do you think you could take in a fight at once and some people are like well an unlimited amount i'd take out every toddler like you could send a hundred toddlers at me i'd fucking win that fight it's like at some point you're just getting overwhelmed by force like sheer numbers so we talked about it when we played dead rising Mm. And um, like we just discussed how this shows more than anything why slow zombies are such a threat. Because mm-hmm. the moment you let one get hold of you, you're done. Yeah. Because it's not the fact that you're being attacked by a zombie. Because people always think, oh, zomb- like traditionally slow George Romero zombies, they're really, really easy to take out. It's like one-on-one, yes. But have you ever tried lifting dead weight? Yeah. Like, anyone out there, have you ever tried moving dead weight? And now imagine like two, three people grabbing onto you and all being dead weight. It's like, it's impossible. Yeah, we had it in um, like a lot of, you know, times when we were doing physical theatre back in theatre school, like, Mm -hmm. uh, or youth theatre, sorry, not theatre school, didn't go to theatre school. Uh, And it was like, oh yeah, okay, well, we'll do a lift. Okay, well, that's a good lift. Okay, now person that you're lifting, go dead. And we do it where like people would go a bit dead and try and put a bit more weight, and you just can't hold that person. It's impossible now. It's like, you can do a perfect, like, stable hold, find it really easy when everyone's doing it correctly, the moment they stop tensing and go dead, like, it just fucks, fucks you up completely. And it's uh, really, really difficult to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's why, like, people have to have, like, special training just to be able to move people um, in that situation. They have to learn specific holds to be able to, like, move that. And now imagine you've been overwhelmed by, like, 50 fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> all just going dead the moment they land on you. But at the same time, you go online and you bring up the, the idea or the question of surviving a zombie apocalypse, the amount of guys like, I could survive. I'd fuck yeah. up so many zombies. No zombies are stand a chance. So you'd probably get killed in like, the first 10 minutes. I mean, I know my plan, and it's to try and get to a shop as quickly as possible, get as much alcohol as I can, and just like go out swinging. Like, not, not go out swinging against zombies, I may add. Got swinging against 18 bottles of rum in my fucking like, yeah. front room. Shout outs to the guys like, zombies aren't dead weight. They're also, like, they are, literally. <laughs> They're literally dead weight. That's the joke. That's why we said it. 
And um, like I, I've been mentioning to you, haven't I, that I've been playing a ton of Resident Evil 2 Remake. Mm-hmm. And those fuckers sneak up on you fast. Like the moment you're like distracted by one zombie, there's two others in the room. You turn around, they all just swarmed you. And that's how they get. And that's like what two or three. Yeah. And it's it's always been hilarious to me just the amount of people who insist no, I could do it. Mm-hmm. Like despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary, it's like no, <laughs> I would be the exception to this near universal rule. I would survive. Yeah. It's like why? What do you do that makes you think you'd be able to do that? Because I know that I am the protagonist of all reality. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? Oh, well, I, you know, speaking of like, you know, dead weight, that reminds me of, of a story I was thinking about with my, uh, in regards to my mum. I got some news this week. Because we had Mother's Day over the weekend, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. Uh, I called my mum uh, on Mother's Day, as you do. Uh, for any Americans wor- worrying, um, it's Mother's Day is different in the UK than it is in America. Same so as do- daylight saving times, which really threw me off when I saw a yeah. load of Americans tweeting about daylight saving times. Yeah, I'm sure they got the exact same feeling when we started tweeting about Mother's Day. And like, wait, what? <laughs> so, Americans, you've not missed Mother's Day. It's a different day. But uh, mm. I called her up, um, wished her a happy Mother's Day, had a catch up with her. And my mum just casually dropped in the middle of conversation. Yeah, I was in a car crash last week, son. I'm what? She's, my mum's fine, but yeah. she was in a car crash. And her car's a complete write-off. And she's like, you know, a little bit shaken. She hasn't got a car. That's what she's mostly annoyed about. Hmm. And I asked her, I was like, why didn't you tell me, mum? And she went, because I'm fine. And I knew that you'd buy me a toy car as a joke. And I thought and went, actually, yeah, I would have done that. <laughs> the first thing I would have done after finding out that she's fine is I would have like gone onto Amazon and just special ordered a toy car and got it <laughs> delivered to her door and say. I know you haven't got a car, Mum. Hopefully this helps and put a toy car in there. So I respect that. Oh, Christ. Yeah, that does sound like something you would do. But that reminded me while I was thinking about, like, speaking about dead weight, is that that is not the only time my mum has been injured doing something like that and then not giving a fuck. Uh, oh, really? Uh, no, because my mum, um, just to like put some respect on her, because she's really, really, got, she's got a really, really difficult job. It is palliative care. And just mm. uh, for, that's people who have got terminal illnesses or end of life. Um, generally elderly, but just anyone who has um, a terminal illness. She looks mm. after them. She's been doing that for like decades now. Uh, at one point, um, a couple of years ago now, uh, she was helping an old man down the stairs. And while helping this old man down the stairs, this old man had a seizure. So Fucking this hell. old man, like, bear in mind my mum's, I think, five foot seven, like um, like 100 pounds wet through. And she was helping just an old burly man down the stairs. And this old man had a seizure on the middle of a set of stairs. And my mum, obviously, she got to now hold like dead weight that's convulsing in her hands. And she grabbed the man, turned around, used her own body as a shield and fell down the stairs with this man in her hands. Christ. And she dislocated her shoulder. And this story has an amazing ending. That's why I was reminded of this story. It's fucking incredible. Mm. Um, like my mom was really, really annoyed about this because she has been doing this shit for years and she knows that if somebody um, has seizure risks, that is a two-carer job for the exact reason yeah. that happens to her. It's like you need to have two people escorting them at all times when they go up and down stairs in case that happens. And she checked the notes and she saw that um, seizure risk was not written on the form that she had for that day when she went back to the office and checked, or when she was like got someone to go to the office and check for her, it was written on the notes that head office had. Christ. So my mum got really, really fucking annoyed because mm-hmm. 
I got injured because my work did not tell me or give me all the information. Because if I'd have known this, I would have known not to go downstairs. I would have brought a second person. But mm-hmm. And she thought to herself, they're doing this to save money. They yeah. didn't want to send two carers out to this guy, even though the government's paying them the amount of money that they need. So she wrote a very stern letter informing her work of this. It was like, look, I just want um, that guy to get two carers and I want my wages while I'm off and an apology from the person mm. who sent me on the course. And you think that's probably going to be an open shut case, isn't it, Lucas? I mean, you would think so. You'd think the work would want to like just keep that hush-hush and would give her her money yeah. so she didn't take it any further. No, what happened was her boss who didn't like my mum because my mum was more qualified than she was and turned down getting her job because she preferred to work in the field with patients than in mm. the office, um, sent my mum a letter that I couldn't believe because I remember reading it as a kid. Not as a kid, but I was like, like 20 years old at the point. Younger, yeah. And getting really fucking annoyed. And it was, uh, it's come to our attention that you weren't wearing the correct footwear um, when you were escorting, uh, doing this job. And as such... Um, you weren't adhering to our very strict safety standards. Um, so as such, we may have to fire you because you weren't doing that and you risked this old man's life. What By, the fuck? Yeah, you, did, you ignored stringent safety conditions. Keep in mind that she was wearing pink shoes or something like that. She wasn't wearing like, she was wearing the correct footwear, but she had them a different color. So it's not yeah, that they weren't yeah. safety shoes or anything like that because you don't wear steel toe cap boots to help old people down the stairs. No. No, you just wear plain black plimsolls, but she wore mm. pink ones because, you know, she had personality and her patients fucking love that about her. <laughs> but that means it's not uniform because it's um, not black. And because she wasn't wearing uniform, they try to weasel out of it that way. And what my mum found out, and this is incredible, is that her boss tried to go to the family of that old man um, to get them to corroborate this and get them to sign a piece of paper saying that my mum um, was being unprofessional, so they didn't have to bet. And I just want to now just let everyone out there just imagine the balls you would have to have to go to someone who literally saw a person use their body as a shield to protect a family member and get and say, do you want this person to get fired? That is A, ballsy, and B, so fucking stupid. It was incredible, and my mum was so angry. But, mm. God bless her, she um, refused to um, apply for compensation. All she said was, I want my wages for being off work and I want an apology from the mm. from the person who's doing all this and put besmirch in my name. And this went on for, I think, two or three years. Like, she just wanted an apology and they refused to give it to her. And the lady who she wanted the apology from, she eventually just was shifted around and moved. Right. And the company tried to do it that way of, oh, yeah. Um, she's not no longer him. I don't care. I want an apology. Track her down and get my... I'm not going to sign anything saying... Because the thing is, even though she said she didn't want to sue, they wanted to sign saying that she didn't. So they could Yeah, because they and, need that legislation to be there. Of because, like, this person will never, ever sue us. Because up until she does that, at any point over like 10 years, she can just decide to change her mind. Mm. And my mum absolutely categorically refused to sign that until she got her apology. <laughs> and... This culminated in her being brought into the office and going like going for an arbitration meeting with like their lawyer or something like that who was um, asking her a bunch of questions. And mm. my mum just sat down and they were asking her uh, and they were basically, this is just her clearing her name because they started saying a bunch of shit like, oh, she takes time off. Um, yeah, of she's, course. She's yeah. really, she's, and why do you have time off? Because I had a daughter, which was agreed upon. 
But so you're just other... throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. See what basically. sticks, yeah. And during this meeting, they're like, oh, it says here um, you're accused of um, not turning up to um, client appointments on time. You said you were constantly tardy, mum. And it's like, why is that? Mum says, it's because I stay with clients to talk to them, to give them the dignity of human contact. You can see in every... I've got like 15 fucking sworn statements <laughs> here from family members because she went just to all the clients and asked them to, saying that I'm the best carer they've ever had and they appreciate uh, that I turn up late because I'm having this, giving everyone the same level of care that I'm giving them. Oh, yeah. okay. You say here that you're often off for a lot of times. So, yeah, I've got a daughter. Oh, did she not have alternate care? No. Oh, so you're you not... In addition to doing your job looking after... Sick and dying. You're also looking after a, a young daughter on your own. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of the other accusations here, it says that you also took three weeks off work last year. Yeah, I was in a car crash. <laughs> this is another car crash she was in. They're like, oh, was that at work? Yes. Did it happen? At- well, yeah, it happened. Why? Because I was working night. I was covering someone's shift. Uh, Did you have to cover the shift? No, but I was told that if I didn't cover it, the person wouldn't get care. Oh, so you're in a car crash while working, while covering a shift to supply critical terminal life care to someone with a disease. Yeah. Okay, there. It says here that you also had another unexplained absence a couple of weeks after that. And what was that? I had cancer. Fucking hell. What? Yeah, I had a hysterectomy. And you took time off. When were you back at work? A couple of weeks later. <laughs> and then they just and you could and she just said you could go through everything the lawyer was looking at, going, just what? Why are you trying to? Get, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you trying to? Someone's like, she knew it. She took it to court. There's no fucking way they're gonna win because yeah, she had like yeah, yeah. I said sworn statements from fucking every single person she'd ever worked with. Say so she's one of the best care we've ever had. Oh my god! And all she wanted was her apology, and they eventually they dragged that woman from the office they sent her to, and sat down in front of my mum and made her apologise. I'm really not surprised. It was fucking <laughs> incredible. Oh god! More then she got back. That was a great story though, because I remembered that and I asked my mum about it just to get the details for it. And she, she was just telling me it's like she was howling, retelling the story of yeah, I made him <laughs> apologise. I got my fucking apology. Well, I am very glad that she's like all good. That's the thing. After a crash. Like she doesn't care. Yeah. My mum's going to live forever out of spite. We've all said that. <laughs> like me and my brothers have all said that. She's going to live till 90. Mm. Just to spite us all. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't think I'm living till 90. I'm not going to lie. She's I'm just she, like, nah. She, do, she does it to spite us, Lucas. She lives forever. <laughs> oh, but it was just, it was, I just remember that, though. Cause, um, I was... Um, that was when I, I wrote the emails for her. It's mm. one of the things that I do because um, my mum, she knew what she wanted to say in these emails, but she wanted to make them sound more professional. So she'd right, send yeah. like them to me to write on her behalf. And like she'd ask me to collate all the, um, uh, like the what is it now, the correspondence from clients and work that she got and then mm-hmm. just keep a, a hard record of it online because she didn't have a computer at the time. And they were sending her emails, but she couldn't go to work to get her, access her work email address because they locked her out of that. So I had to access my mum's work emails and then like call her and read them out. So I helped with all this stuff. <laughs> that was one of the things they accused her of as well. It's like, oh, it's a, you were really bad at responding to correspondence. Well, I ain't got a computer at home and um, I could only access my work emails, but they wouldn't let me into work. Oh, so they were, <laughs> they were withholding um, critical information in regards to this from, yeah, they were. Oh, mm-hmm. that's all. So basically this, they went through all this shit they did that was illegal. 
And yeah. like they're saying, oh, and you're willing to overlook this, Miss Smallwood? Yeah. If I get an apology. And the lawyer's like, give her a fucking apology right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> fucking get her right now, now. <laughs> that just, it was so fucking good. Oh, God. Oh, I, I love that shit. Though. Just, I, just, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that. Yeah, yeah. For that moment. Just seeing, like, the sweat drip down the lawyer's face, like, oh, shit. We need to get a fucking apology from this woman. It's like, I will sign it if I get an apology. That's the most basic thing, isn't it? I hate people like that. I'm like, oh, yeah, all she wants you to do is apologise. She could fucking sue our ass, but instead all she wants is an apology. No. It's because no. the one lady at work refused to admit fault. Because that's she what realized I mean. That like, that's that all single woman just has way too much like pride and fucking ignorance. And ego to admit that yeah. she was wrong. And that's what my mum wants. She says, I want you to just apologise and admit that you were wrong. Like, you should have sent two carers to that job because it was your job to do that. And mm-hmm. then they tried to get her with, well, you had the knowledge. If you knew this, why did you do it? Because, because I'm not the one in charge. Yeah. I can't set fucking client care routines. You do. And if I'd, have mm-hmm. asked, and if I'd have asked for a second person, it would have been denied. Can you prove that? Yeah, here it is when I did it for another client. <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> so that's you got to again imagine the balls it takes. Of, why didn't you override your boss who's currently trying to fucking sue you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Oh, <laughs> great! I love it. I love it. Man, that's just like it's, oh. it'd be infuriating if it ended any other way. Oh yeah, it would be. Yeah. It's like, it's like the one of um, like, that. like when she was in that car crash, and it was. Um, that was another one where she had to spend ages trying to convince the guy he was at fault because he absolutely refused to admit it was his fault. Of course. Because he's like, oh yeah, like uh, the car was black and you had no lights on. It's like, I was fucking parked, dickhead. <laughs> it took him ages because the guy, and it's like, oh, she just has that happen all the time. And I feel so bad for her. Yeah, I worked with a couple of people that got like hit at a cross section by a guy that had stolen a car Um there was CCTV footage of him swerving down the road and then crashing directly into them as they were at mm-hmm. a standstill. And then apparently, like, the guy was refusing to admit fault. It's like, we literally have footage of them sitting in a car and you just swerving into them in, nonetheless, a fucking stolen vehicle. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. It, it was them. It's like, okay. I refuse to admit fault. And, like, in the end, you know things all worked out and they ended up getting like um, a nice payout for it and whatnot. But just when they told me like, yeah, they, they have him on video and he's completely denying it. It's like, of course. It's, oh man, there's so many stories out and they're always infuriating. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So that, that one of my mum though, that's like the one because I was involved and I had to deal with the correspondence mm-hmm. on her behalf and I was getting so mad and I was so tempted to just tell this woman to go fuck herself and I'm just like no <laughs> because if you do that then I'm not going to get it. you have to be nice you do yeah you have to be nice to people like that because the moment you give them any sort of ammunition they're going to turn it against you and it's like it's not just so. like some random person on Twitch we can't tell them to fuck off and block them Carl. you can't do that now we can't as, as satisfying as it would have been to that lady because god damn I fucking hated her <laughs> yeah I just remember the story just years later of um, uh, her boyfriend at the time just said uh, he went and got a car and just let her tires down. <laughs> do, you, do you after the case was solved? Yeah. Because he said he was going to do it for years. And mum's like, no, because if you do that, they'll know it was me. Mm-hmm. And it's going to affect it. And the day that they got the um, the settlement and got her wages 
and got her apology. He drove to her house in the middle of the night and just slipped the fucking air out of her tires. And that is super fucking childish and petty. But fuck it. I'd argue yeah. that lady deserved it. Oh my God. Yeah. But as you say, like the moment you do it before everything's settled, it's like, oh yeah, well that's reason to stop the case then. Because it's like um, harassment and shit like that. No, just just the idea that he just had it for, in his head for three years. <laughs> He's just three, waiting. There's three years waiting to go like fucking slitter tires. I respect it. I, I, I respect just the level of dedication. Hmm. Oh man, got all of it. Any was there any uh, stories like that though from your past that you're aware of? Like no, just uh, the mo- petty revenge. I mean, never gotten back. Not- not particularly, like, I don't think, um, like, petty revenge or something, but, like, I, I mean, I guess there's one of, like, not so much revenge, but just a fuck you. Okay. Um, I've just, I know that, for example, I was uh, christened at one church, and then, like, not long after I was christened, um, they, my dad, like, ended up in an argument with the priest of the church. Okay. I don't know why, but then he was like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go to a different church. And I got christened again at a different church just because he was like, no, 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 like that one doesn't count anymore. We're scraping that priest like away from memory. You're getting christened by someone else. Oh, man, that's that, good. Fuck that, that guy. We, we're going to, like your soul, it's not pure enough. It's not. Gonna like, all that happened it. was like, oh, God, we need to do another one. Just a fresh right. install of that, um, of Christianity. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Christianity's just gone wrong to reinstall it on this baby. It didn't work because, you know, I'm I'm just like openly atheist at this point. And living in sin with your girlfriend. I am indeed. I am indeed. So like, yeah. Did but... you see did you see during the height of the pandemic all those priests christening babies with water guns? Did oh you... yeah. Yes. I thought they were all photoshops. Apparently, they were real. Mm-hmm. Priests were just getting holy water in Whoa. holy water water guns and like christening babies with it, and just spraying the baby in the head. Like we've got to make the whole the baby holy, but also like, there's COVID. There's COVID. No, stay That's back. Inc- thing is that that gun sounds incredible. That sounds too dangerous. I just wish it was like super soaker though. Oh, oh baby! <laughs> just that. Okay, here we go. What super soaker did you have as a kid? Um, Cause everyone had see, one. I had just like a pretty, you know, standard, just pump action. Like it shoots. You know, it's meant to be like a machine gun kind but of. But what specific one did you have? Because I had that big purple one. I'm the not super, sure. I think it was like the S1000 or something like that, and it was the purple one that had like the air compartment in the front and then the water tank on the back. I'm not exactly sure. Like, I don't have a good, as good of a memory for that kind of stuff. Okay. But, um, the one I always know I wanted was the one where, like, it just, you fill up two giant tubes of water and it's and it just spray- like the shotgun and it's like, boom! Just sprays them all in one go. That's what I want, the, like, the priests to use on the babies. The one that I, I remember. <laughs> the shotgun. Yeah, the one that had, like, the water tank and it just sprayed it all in one go. Yeah. You had to pump it up for, like, 10 seconds. It's like the shotgun blast or whatever the fuck it was, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Um, because I remember what I did with mine is we had a next door neighbor who um, was like a dab hand with his tools. And he was like the guy who helped us with our bikes and stuff like that. Because we had to like have hand-me-down bikes and things like that. So he'd help us with those. And um, we went around to his and we asked him, could we like go use the stuff in his shed? 
to mm. make our super soakers better. And it's like, oh yeah, so what he did is um, he completely dried out our super soakers. This is the problem a lot of people had is when they tried to customize their super so they couldn't dry them out, but he had because he's like smoked like meat and shit in his shed. <laughs> and we put our super soakers in there and they smelled like fucking beef for ages, <laughs> but they were perfectly dry. So what we did is we got electric tape and we sealed up the water tank and the air compressor because they always leaked. They always yeah, leak in yeah. soup, not when you've got fucking lecky tape around there, though. Mm. And we, like, vacuum sealed our super soakers. <laughs> and what he did is he put, like, better springs inside, like, the pumping mechanism. So that it basically was like, <laughs> and then just, like, it was incredible. It's like high-pressure water jets. So like, essentially, Carl, like, you were the, the kids showing up at paintball with their own custom guns, like, yeah! Well, Super Soakers weren't that great. It's just that we customised no. ours. We, we, people on our estate had, like, the the backpack one. Do you remember that? Oh, my God, yeah. People had, like, the backpack one, but ours, because ours were customised. And we had access to the ultimate weapon in a water fight, which was a tap in our back garden. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Had, we had the outside tap. No one else on our estate had the outside <laughs> tap. And only like, people on our side in the water fight had an outside tap. Everyone that else means had to go increased reload speed, Carl. Yeah, everyone else had to go into like their mum's um, uh, kitchen and put <laughs> down like and put down bin liners so they didn't put water everywhere. Oh god, classic. Did you ever um, have the one like a friend or ever have like the, the laser tag ones where like instead of you know super soaker fights it was like you can play laser tag outside and you'd have like a chest pad on and they'd have little shitty laser guns and, and just. They... Yeah, we used to have that, and they said, oh, they'll work from, like, 100 yards away, and they don't. They didn't work, like, at all. Nope. And they it were was terrible. just, you'd sit there and just be five foot away, shooting right directly at the things. It's like, oh, one in a hundred times, it'd just flash up, like, yeah, you did it. Oh, man, I wonder with modern technology if they could make those work. I mean, surely at this point, like, if they put the time and money into it, but I think it's one of those of... Is it worth making something like that when we could make something better now? Probably, yeah. Like, I'm wondering with modern technology, could we make like a good version of it? It's like Nerf guns and stuff. Remember, I used to have all the Nerf guns in my old house. Yeah, and I used to have that really big house that has like the maisonette, and I just had yeah. Nerf guns on the wall. <laughs> and I remember once when I I've had some people from work over, and they were like, uh, "Oh, why do you have?" And a couple of the girls from work turned up, and they mm. knew that I was like a big kid and it was a huge nerd. So they turned up to my apartment for the first time, like. Why have you got Nerf guns on the wall, Carl? It's like, oh, just in case I want to have a Nerf gun fight. They're like, they see all my video games and they were like laughing about them a little bit in that jokey way of, yeah. oh, well, I knew you were a nerd, but I didn't expect you to be this nerdy. Mm-hmm. And then you get a couple of drinks down, people, then the Nerf guns start fucking coming out. Yeah. That's what, that, and that's what happened. It's like an hour into the evening, those girls are then there hiding in the kitchen with their bottle of wine. Like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> and like the lads are in the kitchen like throwing the fucking um, Nerf bullets back. I think like Ooh. every time we ever went round to that flight, it always devolved Nerf, into Nerf gun fights. Nerf gun battle, yeah. And I was always yeah. so pissed off that I could never find the two things of Nerf that I wanted. And that was the hatchet that you can throw. <laughs> so it was a soft Nerf hatchet so I could just do the Nightwolf. Just yeah. the, the yeet combo from like downtown <laughs> with the Nightwolf. And the other one was the Nerf bow and arrow. Because the Nerf bow and arrow is hilarious. It just fires a Nerf arrow like this long and it oh fucking wrecks. Because I remember I was, awesome. in, I was in Toys R Us once and did it across the shop. <laughs> I miss going to Toys R Us as an adult when we go shopping for my sister for Christmas and stuff and getting on like the little bikes and getting two Nerf guns and rolling around the shop. And it's like, Carl, stop doing that. I said, no, they're out so you can play with them to test. Mm. Oh, God. I love stuff like that. 
Oh, I miss being able to go to shops and just dick about. Yeah, and I've said one of the things I want to get for my apartment when we finally able to, like, you know, exit COVID, mm. is I'm going to get some, like, um, plastic uh, or foam swords and weaponry and just put them on my wall. So nice. I can just kick the shit out of people when they walk into my house. <laughs> it's going to be done. Oh, God. Like, it will be nice just going back to a world when I don't have anxiety going to the fucking shop. That's scary, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just like, oh, God. I just, I just wanted the hatchet, man. I just, I just wanted to fucking just Nightwolf it. I mean, just, you get, you know what you can get, though, Carl? You can get Halo Infinite Nerf guns already. Oh, man, go get it, one of them. If they're not making a needler one, what's the point? How do you make a needler one? It should have the Nerf bullets out, poking out like the needlers. <laughs> if it's not that, there's no point. I'm sorry. But I think it's literally just, you know, standard Nerf gun branded with Halo stuff. And they're not going to make it look... It's going to be look like the assault rifle, which is really boring. Yeah. And we I don't even know. think it... I think it still looks just like a standard Nerf gun. And the annoying thing is for Nerf, like, they never made the ones that we all wanted. Like, we all want... As I had a shotgun one, but when we had a shotgun one, I wanted to fire, like, 50 Nerf bullets at once. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, they had, like, the sniper rifle ones, and then, like, you are never, ever going to get that off in a fight. You are never... <laughs> no one's going to pull out the sniper rifle nerf gun and get a shot off with it when you can just be the dickhead who has like the one where you can just reload it as quickly as you can pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And um, I did just look up like what the Halo one looks like. It literally looks like a, like it looks like the battle rifle, uh, but it's just like instead of being white, um, orange and blue, it's white, orange and Halo green with like Halo written on the side. That's out. Thing is, the one thing I know about um, Halo is that all the guns have Halo written on them. I hate <laughs> For it. For the I, second, I was like, "Wait, what? No, 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 no!" <laughs> I, I fucking hate that. Yeah, there's nothing worse than getting like, official merch sucks so much ass. It really because does. there's nothing more frustrating than seeing a cool design on a shirt. For, I don't know, like for Marvel, when you go look up and it's like, "Oh, this looks like a good design at the bottom." Avengers Infinity War trademarks. I know. That's why yeah. I'm getting the shirt. It's so frustrating. And like, shout out to this one where it's just literally Stark, Stark Industries. Industries. It's like, yeah. And I'm guessing that's an unofficial one. Uh, I don't remember where this is from. Like, this was a present. It looks so like I, it's an unofficial one. It, it looks official. like it's an unofficial one because underneath it would just be like, trademark Marvel. Yeah, on ma- in massive letters so that you yeah. know. Like the Marvel logo would be as big as the Stark Industries bit, and make it look super late. It's the like uh, the clothing equivalent of a fucking Funko Pop. <laughs> and like, at it. least Funko Pops like don't have fucking brands just written across the forehead, though. Do you know that they would if they could? Oh, they would if they could. Yeah, if or they just could like get... side character from X Files that looks like standard man in suit and just X Files written across his head. They'd have it written there if they could. And that's the one that always gets me about, like, Funkos. Is I don't mind, like, I've got some and I don't mind, you know, I've got, like, right there, hmm. Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Okay, cool. Like, they're the icons of the series. When it gets to the point, though, where it's like, oh, yeah, a person that had a cameo in one episode of a TV show, they don't even have a name. It's just like, okay, what, what, uh, what? And you know it's just because... There's those people out there where it's like, well, I've got to get every one of that series. And that's why they exist. They exist. Mm-hmm. It's a collector's market. And I think we've had like a discussion on an older podcast about um, how that is designed um, to fail at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you made a reference to like, the Beanie Baby boom. 
mm. which was basically just a self-create. It was um, a speculator's <laughs> market created by one person, and then the people left holding the bag when it all imploded were just um, like left destitute, essentially. Well, it's same with like the Pokemon card thing going on right now. Yeah, that's another one where it's, the bubble's going to burst eventually, and it's going to be the people left holding the bag, as it were, at the end uh, of the worst off. And it's similar like with Bitcoin. Like mm. Bitcoin's currently like a huge big thing. It's got another boost. Eventually, it's going to drop. Uh, same thing with like that GameStop stock. Eventually, it's going to go down. And did you see there was a great thing going around the other day where a guy bought, I don't even know how to explain what they are, but we seen like NFTs or something like that, non-fungible tokens, yep. which are like a, a, I don't even know what, how to explain what they are, but essentially they are just digital artwork that you pay money for. Uh, and- so... It depends what it is because it's basically I'm paying for a token that says I own this artwork, even though there's no actual like accreditation behind that. Like it wouldn't hold up in court. Like I no, don't. And it's, it it, works you own the, nothing other than a token the, that says yeah. you own something. And it works on the same premise as like Bitcoin and stuff like that. But uh, it's basically it's a huge fucking scam. Mm-hmm. because um, the art world, if people don't know, is essentially just um, uh, legitimized money laundering. Uh, businesses and huge corporations and multi-multi-millionaires and billionaires use it to um, just filter money legally through the system. Oh, like, okay. a, good, a good example of that, or just like a simple example would be, okay, I get a friend to paint me something. I then go to my other friend, who is a, um, an art dealer. I get them to value this painting. This painting, they value it at $25 million. I then mm. donate this painting um, to a museum. I have now made a $25 million charitable write, uh, tax write, uh, charitable donation that I can write off on my taxes. Oh, uh, okay. And that's like a simplified version of like, you know, something that is, very, is legally something you can do. And as you say, very simplified version of it. But yes, if you can get something like again like it's all just down to you know somebody's word of well this person said it was valued at this so it's valued at this now we've got a paper trail saying that it's worth this and now i made a donation in this and it's like you didn't and um uh, someone's got an explanation here it's basically metadata for a jpeg that certifies that you own said jpeg yeah and i don't know if you saw that the creator of twitter sold off like his first ever tweet for like six million dollars or something yeah and this is why it's a fucking scam because rich people are using it to sell to other rich people who are hoping to then sell it on fueled Mm -hmm. by the stories about them selling for so much it's going to become another speculator's market but the reason it's so funny is there was a guy who bought a bunch Mm. bear in mind the things that he bought i I don't know for some astronomical amount of money (laughs) Keep in mind the things he's buying are data on a computer. That data was stolen from him. And then he <laughs> went online to bitch about it, saying that when I reported it to my bank, there was nothing they could do. Mm-hmm. Because you bought... like The whole point of this is that it's non-legitimate and that it's yeah. not reliant on real the, the actual economy or it's not backed by anything. Mm-hmm. That's the whole purpose. Yeah, and now you're complaining that you can't rely on the system. This thing was deliberately designed to circumvent. Can't help you get your money back. And everybody was just shitting on like you're a fucking idiot. Well, Why that's the whole point this? of cryptocurrencies, isn't it? Of like, yeah. yeah, you don't have to rely on banks anymore, and they're 
they're completely untrustworthy and like you can't trust their valuation on money because it's just all based on blah 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 we're going to come up with something better and then the moment it fucks up they run back to the bank like please help me can i have i spent my life savings on bitcoin and the value plummeted can i get my money back or a refund now <laughs> and and this is when you get all those stories like people have like bitcoin wallets that they can't access mm-hmm. like they lose them in um uh, like there's there's a famous story about a guy who has a Bitcoin wallet worth several million dollars now. It was worth mm. a couple hundred thousand dollars a few years ago, and it's now worth millions that he accidentally threw away. And he has been campaigning to his local council for almost a decade to go and search through the rubbish to get it back. Oh my god! And every time he asks for it, they just say no. Yeah, that is not their fucking problem. Yeah, we don't care. And he's like, "Oh, I'll give you half." It's like half of what? Yeah half of what you don't even know if it's in there anymore <laughs> we don't care and he's really mad and then there's another one and this story it's one of those things where i legit think it would make me just fucking insane and it mm. is a guy who has a bitcoin wallet that has millions of dollars on it but he can't remember the password and it's one of those super super secure locked ones that is if you get the password wrong three times or whatever everything inside gets deleted forever it just like burns it yeah and he's tried like he's got like two attempts left and there's a quote from him where he says i think about it quite often (laughs) i think that is the understatement of the century isn't it man i yeah i could not ever stop thinking about that yeah it would that was me it would occupy every waking moment of my life Mm -hmm. it's like those it's like those stories of people who accidentally throw away winning lottery tickets and stuff and they just go insane. And like they just fucking just get a gun and shoot their family over it. It's like it, it, that amount of money, a life-changing amount of money, just and be you, snatched you, away. Yeah. You're literally set for life, but you can't remember your fucking password. Like you and, can't remember your password for being financially set up, in theory, for eternity. And it's just there and it's just sat on your desk. And there's nothing you can do. And all you've got to sit there, you, all you've got is time to think about how fucking <laughs> stupid you are and why you did what you did and why you didn't make it easier to like, you know, um, get into. Or yeah. why you didn't set up like two-factor authentication. Or why you just didn't write it down in three, four, five, fifty different locations. It's incredible. God. The worst one would be if like, he, you know, had a note on his phone that told him what the password was, but that was password encrypted and he forgot the password for that as well. But the thing is, if it was password encrypted on your phone, you could call Apple and they could let you in. I guess, yeah. Do you know why? Because it's owned by a company. Mm-hmm. It's not a deregulated cryptocurrency that has no backing anywhere. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Because obviously, if this was money in a bank, like if you mm-hmm. lost your bank card, you could go into a bank and say, I would like to access my money. And it might be a bit of an ass, I ache, to get in there. But yeah, but if you, you can prove, prove your, your identity in other ways, can't you? You can, yeah. But with this, it's just sat on your desk and there's n- literally nothing you can do. There's no like outside source. It's just... There is no right. one who can help you. It's like you've got a guess or you're wrong and it's all gone. The question is though, Carl, would you leave it forever and just have it sitting on your desk as like potential money that you could unlock at some point somehow or would you actually use the guesses? Uh, that's the thing. I don't know what I'd do. And the thing is, for me, mm. um, I wouldn't need to do that because um, I always um, back up all my passwords elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and I have like a system. I'm obviously not going to say out loud because it's, it's, it makes sense to me, but it's very silly. But I have a password system in my head that utilizes a series of numbers and uh, codes that I've known for years. Yeah. Um, that I rotate. So basically at the end, after every year, what I do is I put the end of the password at the start of the password and mm. then revamp all my passwords. So it's basically this string of like 15 to 20 numbers, characters and things that I have been using for so long now. I remember it off by heart. Yeah. And just switch it up. See, I've got a really good system with my passwords where I just put password one, two, three for every single password. It's great. Oh, okay. Then you've I never got my, forget any of them. <laughs> then you've got my dad who um, just has on his phone. He just has like Peter. It's like, who's Peter? Look at his number. Oh, that's his pin number. Oh, right, yeah. Because no, like someone that gets your phone, like someone gets mm-hmm. your phone, they're not going to know, like, oh, Peter. And he just has like, you know, a series of like eight numbers and it's just all his pin numbers in a row. Mm-hmm. And he knows obviously what order they go in because he knows how it works. But yeah. And sometimes the lo-fi options are really difficult because it's it's difficult to hack into someone's like you know just brain. Like if you yeah, write like, the, the old classic, in order of, to unlock that password, you have to think like that person. Mm-hmm. And it's and the same thing with like uh, writing it down on a piece of paper and putting it nearby. It sounds stupid. It's like oh, that's really easy to hack into. But in your house, mm. no one's going to be able to get into. If they've broken into your house and stolen your computer, they're not maybe not going to see like you know a, a book in a drawer in a room down the hallway. That reminds me of something. Did you watch like the Pirate and Mithra Smash Bros like discussion with Sakurai? Um, yeah, where he says that he has the secret drawer full of all the secrets. Yeah, so man who's holding like, you know, one of gaming's most coveted secrets of who the fuck is going to be in Smash next. And he's like, Oh yeah, they're all just sitting in a lock drawer in my desk. I like the internet is just losing their mind, like we need to find this desk. It's like, but it's right here. It's in my house. Like, you should you just show people it. Yeah, he should have just shown them. Like, just peeked it a little bit. Just started pulling open and then cut the video before you see what's inside the drawer. Just, just like, oh. the hidden desk. Oh god, this, that's that's the desk of like just dreams, isn't it? It is. And as well, like you know, speaking of just hiding things, what is the best hiding place you've ever come up with? Like, you know, when you're a kid and you're hiding stuff. Mm. Like, do you know, when you get like, birthday money and stuff like that and you try and hide it? Yeah. What's the best when you come up with? I have, um, well, I have a thing, a really good one that I came up with that I thought, this is a super good idea. And it was, mm. when I got birthday money, what I'd do is, I would get um, like a little bit of hair gel or something like that, and I'll put it on the money, and then I'd pull out a drawer and stick it to the bottom of the drawer. Because <laughs> who looks underneath a drawer? Yeah, yeah. But then I'd know that if I wanted to, I'd pull it out and just go, whoop. My money um, underneath. No one's going to look underneath there. Yeah, when I was a kid, I had like a just little weird like wooden step in my room to get mm-hmm. around a bit of awkward geometry. And like I ended up breaking one of the uh, panels off by accident, like one of the wooden okay. panels. Just like a wooden plank and just, oh, it's hollow on the inside. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's a little... uh secret thing that no one in the house knows about of like well it's just like something we put like a cushion on and sit on in my bedroom and just i'd sit there and play my games on it and it's like something you'd never think about it's just a little chair basically and then like oh but if you lift off the cushion pull the plank up it's hollow inside and i like hid all my you know i don't know i i I don't even know what i hid in there as a kid like i guess a bit of money or something Birthday money, but it was like in Halloween. your head. It's like, 
oh my god, like no one's ever gonna know about the super secret hiding spot. But as a kid, it's like, but what are you gonna put in there? It's like, what's you... so secret for an eleven-year-old to hide in there? Yeah. And it's probably just like, oh, my Power Rangers gun or some shit like that. I still do it as an adult, um, just so I get surprised. I like finding money in mm. my house. So uh, when I get birthday money and stuff like that, what I'll normally do is I'll put a tenner and I'll fold it up really small and put it in my wallet right at the very back. Because oh, I right know yeah. I'm going to forget. And then I'll be out for like drinks a couple months later and go, <gasps> and I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, um, like I, for a while, as like a way to not get absolutely just, you know, hit by a truck of money at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just be like, oh, on my way back from work once a week, I'll just go to a cash point, pull out a tenner, pull that tenner in. And like, you know, if you do that once a week, by the end of next year, you've got like 500 quid saved up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. Like you kind of just forget. And it's like, obviously I, I understand that everyone can't just like throw away tenner every week. Yeah. Essentially. Um, But yeah, it was just a good way to like, oh, well, I just put it in this little pot and it's like, um, a, a little cut out of like a licorice all sorts man so you can't see inside mm-hmm. Um, and it's just oh well I opened it up and there's like a few hundred quid in there to help towards Christmas ones that's great but now obviously I'm in lockdown and I'm just like well I'm not fucking walking anywhere I'm not going past cash points so this Christmas I'm just going to be like oh shit yeah I do the same thing where I transfer money I've got like a I joke you can make new accounts online yeah what I did is I made like three new accounts that have no mm-hmm. money in them, purely so that when I go to my um, banking app screen, all you see is my um, regular current account, my savings account, and then an ISA. But then there's another three accounts below that. So oh, I can't right. see. And what I do is like I'll transfer money from the top account because I never scroll down because I only use it just to glance about how much money I've got in my account. Yeah. And then what happens is every now and again, I'll scroll down. So, oh, there's money in there. I'll transfer that to like, pay. And that's what I'll do when I buy myself like games and stuff. I was going to say, because that that's my issue, is I can't do that with online banking, because then the moment I look up my online bank account, like, that money's there, and I remember it's there every time. Yeah, so I made new accounts, so that, like, went mm. on my screen specifically, I can't see them. That's not a bad idea. And I did the same thing where I went um, and I got a new account, but then I um, asked them not to send me a card. Mm. So I have an account, but I can't access it with my card. So that's another one. So I've basically got, like, five, six accounts I just hide all my money in. Like it was nice um, when I realized, like, oh, I hadn't used PayPal in, like, a year to pay for anything or even logged onto the app or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just, like, I got a notification from the PayPal. I'm like, log back in. Like, you've been logged out after a timeout thing. And I was like, okay, whatever. I logged back in and I forgot, like, I sold some stuff on eBay. And it's like, oh, you are for 250 quid just sitting in this PayPal account. I was like, fuck yeah. Oh. Shit, yeah. Cool. That's what cool. I do with um, mine. All the money we get via donations and stuff on Twitch, which we're on now, for people listening at home after the fact. And that goes to PayPal, which is what I use to get uh, my girlfriend and mine's takeaway each week. And he pays my Spotify <laughs> and my Netflix. So yeah, if Fair anyone's enough. ever donated money, you've, you've bought many a takeaway for me and the missus. But I think we can end on just you know, hiding money in our houses. Me and you just being little Scrooge McDucks. <laughs> and um, just... For the people who are watching in our respective chats, um, mine is like, you know, Carl's Wood on Twitch, Lucas's Kanto Legend on Twitch, yes? Uh, Legend of Kanto. Legend of Kanto, my bad. Uh, we're going to do Q&A in a couple of minutes. If you have any questions, um, now's the time to ask them. We'll go through a couple just for the end of the podcast. But um, while that gets through to the people listening um, uh, live at home, do you want to just give, let us know where people can find you if you want to listen to more of your dulcet tones? 
Hell yeah. And um, uh, as as people can see on my screen and on my Twitch when they're watching, or people, mm-hmm. as you just mentioned, you can find me at Twitch at Legend of Canto. Same with my YouTube. And it's basically just, you know, mostly dumb gaming stuff other than this podcast every week. Yeah, but yeah. I, I was just going to tweet out then. It's like, oh yeah, we're now doing Q&A, but I thought I'm going to fucking loop. And by the time people are going to click on that and come through, we're already going to have finished. Yeah, we are, yeah. So uh, yeah, to people in chat, we can do some questions now. Uh, Q&A and stuff. So you're going to let us know and I'll scroll and have a look through and stuff. But for mine, it's like, it's Cal Smallwood. It's really easy. Well, it's not. It's Carlswood. It's Carlswood, but if you search Cal Smallwood, you'll find it. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I checked and there is another... You mentioned there's someone out there who has your name was like in a band or something. Uh, yeah, so there's a, a guy like Lucas Holland who is a drummer. So the moment like I ever used my real name, I would have no SEO relevance at all because this guy's Mate. been known on the internet for years. Mate, give it time. Oh, I'll try. I'll try. Give it time. I, I still, it still makes me giggle um, when I realise that I'm more relevant um, than some of the people who um, uh, gave me shit back in my writing days. <laughs> I like the people who really up their own ass and refuse to talk to me. Because like, mm-hmm. not, I didn't have enough articles under my belt and I go look them up now. And they're still writing like like $20 articles for some <laughs> shitty SEO website. And I'm like, ah. It's like, get right. You should have been nice. You should, you should always be nice to people. The last thing is you never know who's going to make it, do you? No. So be nice to everybody because... You know, someday it may or may not pay off for you. And if it doesn't pay off, that's not the purpose of being nice. No, being nice is its own reward. It is, yeah. And, like, it's just one of those things, though, of, oh, well, if I bumped into somebody that was an asshole to me 10, 15 years ago, and they're like, oh, cool, like, you know, blah, 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 could we do this together? I'd be like, well, no, because you're an asshole to me. Once you get that legendary, it's from Mad Men, isn't it? It's like, oh, I feel sorry for you, so I don't think about you at all. <laughs> I've not watched Mad Men, so I've not heard that before. It's, you'll see it's screenshot a lot online, but it's like a just a great just conversation. I think Don Draper, someone just looks and goes, I feel sorry for you. It's like, I don't think about you. <laughs> You're not even relevant enough to me to give a shit. I don't think about your life at all. But yeah, that's that, of... uh, I was gonna say that's just that Guardians bit, isn't it? Where Drax is like, I have sworn to kill Thanos, and he just like, I don't remember your family at all. Yeah, I don't know who you are. It's, oh, that's so brutal. It's so fucking rough. But here we go. We've got a um, couple of questions in my chat. I'll start here one. Um, yep. Where or what do you guys credit your ethics to? So I, I guess we should clarify our ethics. Um, we have um, a few just simple rules in regards to um, streaming and making YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. So, um, usually, I, I'm guessing this is specifically in reference to like advertisers and things like that. It's just um, when I set out making YouTube videos, I told myself um, I will not do anything that I personally find annoying about other YouTube channels. Yeah. And that included the 30 seconds of ads at the start and um, the disingenuous plugging of stuff that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. So when I watch YouTube videos and I see a YouTuber just go, hi guys, and before we get to the video today, let's leave some likes. Like, fuck off. I hate it so much. It's so disingenuous. It makes me just dislike the person immediately. And I thought, well, if I do that, people will dislike me. There's going to be people out there who think like me and have the same guttural reaction to it. So why would I do it? Even if I know in my head and have seen the statistics that say it does make your videos perform better. Yeah, and I 
like I fall on a slightly different part of the spectrum to you when it comes to that stuff of like I'm more than willing to you know do some kind of sponsorship but again like I don't want to be that person that a like shoves it before my own content mm-hmm. and is like oh hey like before you watch any of my video go watch me talk about this product for two minutes and be like I just want to actually give a shit about a product if I'm sponsored by it yeah uh, like yes. I would not want to you know get sponsored by something that I don't believe in or I think is a bad product and I think there's a lot of people out there on YouTube like you say that just completely disingenuous ad read of like, I don't give a shit give me money yeah and um, we I'm not sure if we mentioned it in the video or after the fact but there is a video going up at some point in the next couple of weeks like another how not to do business and it's specifically in regards to the emails we've gotten over the last year or so asking to sponsor um, the Fact Fiend channel and at the start of that video unprompted I list every sponsor the channel has had mm-hmm. from memory because that I had a positive interaction with them yeah. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the video or after the fact but I would bet my left nut that if you asked another YouTuber, could you name the sponsors that have sponsored your channel in the last month? Could you name them and the service that they were providing? Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be able to do that. Whereas I, I was not... I presume a lot of them wouldn't be able to. Yeah. yeah. Whereas I was able to name all the products they were selling and the name of the individual who, was, who contacted me. Mm-hmm. Because I care about uh, my channel's... Um, uh, I, I care about putting out, like, you know, like my channel having a very cohesive theme and like people working within that framework. Yeah. And I, yeah. And it's, I think diff- like with other ethics, um, not regarding like sponsors and stuff, like I guess just like, I don't know particularly other than, you know, obviously like growing up with my parents and stuff who would have inspired me so much of like, in that regard but just like the general rule that we both have is just try to be like nice to one another don't be a dickhead like human rights are important representation is important and things like that and i I think it's more like obviously as i said like my parents are obviously and my family are an influence on me from just growing up in general but i think it's just going through life and learning that that is a good thing to do and positivity is a a good thing in the world. I think it's yeah. just like a lot of life experiences being pulled together. Yeah. So if the question was not specifically in regards to our ethics regarding um, uh, advertisements and just more about like our ethics regards like just discussing people mm-hmm. and be respectful of um, people and their individuality and their right to live and love who they want. That's um, like you said from my family and like my dad and my mum. My mum works with. Um, she used to work with at-risk children mm-hmm. and then moved on to looking after the elderly and now she works with terminally ill people. Um, people end of life care my dad um, used to work with children um, uh, in care and then he moved on to children with special needs and now he specifically works with children with special needs who um, are going through adoption processes mm-hmm. so like, they've had to have you have to have a lot of empathy in that job yeah for and sure. my parent and the story i've told before is i used to use like ableist language in my writing and my day-to-day speak and then just one day my dad told me um, he was disappointed to see his son um, just diminish the experience of others mm-hmm. with his language. And just hearing that made me go, I'm never going to do that again. And I'm going to try my best to not um, uh, make anyone feel as bad as I felt in that moment, realizing, like, I just felt so small when my dad said that to me. Like, oh God, this is how people feel when I use that language. They feel so, they feel like they don't matter. And I never yeah. want anyone to feel that. 
Yeah, 100%. And again, that is just, obviously it's in, in regards to your dad, but it is just life experience of like yep. learning and you're never done learning. You never like you can always learn more and be better about the way you treat people. And it is just about keeping an open mind and trying your best to acknowledge like, okay, well, if I'm saying something the wrong way, if I'm doing something the wrong way, I would like to improve. And if I am doing something wrong, I'd like to hope that someone would show me the right way to, to act. Yeah. And in the same vein, like, you know, just being online and just generally just being open to being criticized in regards to like your privilege and the language that you use. Because mm-hmm. I can't even count the amount of times I've seen content creators just throw a shit fit because someone dares to tell them that they made a joke that was offensive or um, diminished others. It's like, mm-hmm. just hold your hands up and say sorry. It's really easy to say sorry. It really is, yeah. And that's something that I 100% on board with and I don't agree with anyone where it's like, oh, it's people, you know, being fragile or political correctness gone wrong and all that bullshit of just excusing people's awful behavior. It's not. It's just about, yeah, trying to be the best person you can to others and to yourself. Yeah, and you're not always going to be perfect, but you can always try. Mm -hmm. Like No one's going to criticize someone for trying. Yeah. And for trying to grow and be a better person. But um, yeah, good question there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a topic we've covered a number of times before, but I always like to clarify it. Yeah, 100%. Like, and if someone's getting annoyed by us clarifying that sort of thing, I don't care. <laughs> oh. uh, it's, it's really important to me that people know um, that I respect people's right to live and love who they want and that we feel that way in regards to um, our content. Yeah. And it's, it's important to gather. But any questions in your chat, Lucas? Yeah, and this is maybe something that uh, you're better to answer over me, as you know, this is the Carl's Corner podcast, and someone okay. just asks, like, if we have interests or plans of guests to join the podcast. Uh, my friend Melissa, we wanted to get her on for a while, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, she uh, is a cosplay model, and she's like got an OnlyFans account, and she's just a generally interesting person. Like, obviously, she's got a lot of life experiences that are unique in a way, because it's not, I've obviously got an insight into that world, and she has. And mm-hmm, yeah. um, we bonded over our just mutual dislike of being contacted. <laughs> and the fact that our lives are public as an extension of our job. And uh, the, the story that we always like to tell is that um, she gets weirder messages. Or I get weirder messages than she does, and she's naked on the internet for a living. <laughs> because um, I followed her on social media and a fan that got annoyed that I blocked them sent her a ranting, screaming message calling her every name under the sun. It's like, there are guys who see my butthole who are not as weird to me in conversation as that guy felt entitled to be because mm-hmm. you followed me on social media. And I just think there's a lot of like funny stuff, like funny stories she could share yeah. on here. But uh, guest-wise, not particularly now. Yeah, it's fair enough. And like, obviously, last week we had our friend Charlie on. Yeah. And like, um, that was just to discuss one division. But it's one of those things as well. Like, bear in mind with the whole COVID thing is that I was planning on and have done, like, you know, recorded a couple of podcasts uh, for my own channel and gone, oh, yeah, well, you know, in my head a year ago going, well, in a couple of months when I can see people again, uh, that didn't work out very well. But the plan was my friends don't have recording equipment or anything but i can invite them around to my house yep 
to you know discuss in person like whatever i want to do on the podcast and yeah it's very difficult to be able to bring people in because a lot of the people i want to discuss things with are just my friends who don't do this for a living who don't have microphones who don't have all right webcams or anything like that so it can be tough and it's the same thing for me of um, the people that I would want to get on the podcast would be friends because mm. um, I'm not too comfortable talking to people I don't know. Mm-hmm. I try to. There's some a project that I'm going to be working on in a couple of weeks um, now. Like, I guess I can talk about it because fuck it, it's my podcast and I do what I want. But um, <laughs> Cracked, um, someone who from their video department has contacted me because they're trying to bring that back and they want me to do a Fact Fiend style video for them. Hmm. so i'm gonna be in discussion with them to do something for those guys but that's going to involve me talking to another person off camera but it's not going to be someone i know and maybe a like you know a a relationship can come from that like a business one Mm -hmm. and maybe there'll be like a quid pro quo type deal there with um, them appearing on our content and me appearing on theirs but that's you know remains to be seen but yeah there's not much plans for bringing more people on yeah that's fair enough and um like i will say i did see crack video come up on my youtube and I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, you vaguely mentioned in passing, like, something about crack video. And I was like, oh, wow, okay, they've actually put out a YouTube video for the first time in, what, like, two years? Yeah, they've randomly come back. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be working with them on something. And as a treat, I guess, or a, a preview, they're going to be drinking videos. Oh, okay. So the idea that I've had, that I've pitched to them, is they're going to be fully improvised videos, much in akin to the way Fact Fiend works, but they're going to do the research. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and the idea is that they're going to talk about it and then I'm going to riff on it while drunk. As oh, an example cool. of like, you know, as I want to do. So the yeah. idea <laughs> is I'm going in with no research and I'm mm. going to talk about whatever they do and just come up with funny stories based on it. And we did a trial run over Skype with like an article and we got like a, I think we were talking, about um, the, like, the Joker steps from an article, what they did. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, um, the article entry was, oh, the Joker steps had been ruined by people going there. And I just riffed on that with him for about 10, 15 minutes. And the idea is going to be to create weird scenarios based on it so they can get their video editing team to create like photoshops and um, like dumb video edits and things like that. Oh, cool, which I, yeah. Which I was like, that's perfect. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. And that culminated in us talking about, oh man, um, people going to the top of the steps and just like Ginyu Force posing at the top. <laughs> There's like other people coming like the jets and the sharks just clicking, just like fucking 300. And, like, and then you can just edit that in a video and that'd be fun. But yeah, it remains to be seen how well we can do with that. Yeah, I am, be I am excited for it. I want to get paid to drink. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Of like people have said, like, oh man, the Fat Fiend videos haven't had like drinking videos in a long time. It's like, yeah, because we're all like sat there recording at one o'clock in the afternoon from our own bedrooms. Like, I'd I'd love to be able to get back to the office or back to your flat or whatever and do drinking videos then. But mm-hmm. it feels weird doing it like a Monday morning or like early afternoon when I've got work to do afterwards and like just yeah okay let's have a random drink to my computer screen when we're not even doing it via video. Yeah. It's literally just audio, so it feels so strange. Yeah, but that's going to be the idea for that one. Just yeah. pour myself a pint and then just riff on stuff and create a bunch of dumb photoshops and uh, video ideas. I'm hoping it works out well. Like the trial run went great. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a an interesting thing to do and b something fitting for the format that you already have. 
Yeah, and um, obviously it's supposed to be cross-promotion because I think Cracked has like a couple of million subscribers, but because they've not updated in so long, they've mostly lapsed. So the idea will be to yeah. combine our two brands. And it's really weird to think now that I am being treated as an equal to this giant fucking monolithic website that is the literal start of my career. And now yeah, fast it's very forward 10 weird years, that it's, it's gone full circle of like you being a writer on Cracked to now coming back to like crack approaching you yeah i approached them, them. To, to ask i approached them to ask if i could write articles for them and now they're approaching me asking me to make videos <laughs> it's very strange but uh, hey hey ho uh, that's the world we live in and you know that's all about that's um, just having a positive attitude yeah that's having a positive attitude and doing your best hell yeah does cal sound quieter than lucas uh, it's just this is just my speaking voice and i'm not being when i'm not on yeah fair enough yeah and like I generally just have a louder natural speaking voice than you do. Yeah, I'm just more on in videos. I I, sp- I tend to be a bit more calm and collected when we're doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I apologize for that. And then let's have a look for my questions. Anyone in here? Uh, what specific thing did you learn skill-wise from each of your past jobs? Uh, it was too many to count. Like, yeah. But I had very um, low-paying menial jobs. Like nothing too crazy. I worked in a bar, worked in a restaurant. I was a cleaner. Um, for a couple of years, um, uh, I like did glass collecting, um, worked race courses. There's a bunch of stuff that I learned, but none of it is all that impressive to me, I guess. Like, there's a couple of little things. Like, I know how to set a table properly. Mm. I know how to fold napkins. I know the correct way to open champagne without making it pop. Not pull a pint. Yeah, and it's like, again, similar things with me for the most part. Um, yeah, I can. I managed to carry seven plates of Nando's food to one table at once. Ah, oh, there we go. Managed that one. Uh, but yeah, like honestly, the job where I feel like I've learned the most valuable skills is, you know, working That's with you on Fastfeed because I learned essentially everything. Either, you know, doing the podcast, I pretty much learned randomly by myself of just like trying to to pick it up over time, and then mm-hmm. with the Fastfeed videos, like getting a lot of advice from Nisha and like Brad chipping in to help as well. And just like getting advice and learning how to actually video edit and edit audio and just try to kind of like improve myself over time, just bit by bit. But that, that fact that yeah, two years ago, I didn't know how to edit the video. Yeah. I didn't know how to edit a green screen. Like, and now I can. So I guess that this job is probably the thing that has taught me that what I would class as like, you know, more valuable skills than just, as you say, like being able to pull a pint. Yeah, well, theoretically, or not theoretically, but hopefully this is what myself and you are going to be doing for the rest of our lives in some shape, way, or form. I mean, I would hope so, yeah. I'd like to think... As you say, in some shape, way, or form, whether that's in 10 years we're doing something different but of the same vein, we don't know, but yeah. Yeah. I'd like to think now I've built up enough of an audience where I could go and do something else and still make it worthwhile and mm-hmm. money-wise, but that remains to be seen. And we'll see that. And it's out of the Big Wangers bar. The idea to open a bar is gone now. I'm not fucking opening a bar in this economy. Uh, it's I'm... already a risky enough thing, let alone after, what, the past 15 years having two economic crashes. Yeah. It's like, there's a... Yeah. It's not a good thing. But Lucas, to end on, any last questions in your chat? Uh, no, I've not got any more questions oh, in my chat. from What are people doing? 
what people are doing. Like, they know this. People should know the, uh, the the rules by now. It's one in, one out. So I guess like, any last questions in my chat then before we head off? Well, this is great for the, the audio listeners because they don't know it's going to end unless they look at the phone. But how do they do that? <laughs> if you look at your phone to know it's going to end, that's boring. Don't do that. Don't ruin it for yourself. <laughs> don't ruin the surprise because it could end at any point. It could. That. And that's the thing is most of the time as well for the audio version, I cut out us at the end, like, you know, just winding down and saying that we're going to be playing later and whatnot. So it, it can just like kind of end at a like, a, yep, bye. Quite an abrupt point, which I think it's going to do now for the podcast listeners. Um, yeah. I'm on Spotify. But yeah, thank you for listening, everyone at home.